today on Hardwired. If you're gonna step into the future that God has for you, you're gonna have to win the battle over who or what defines you. Is the Word of God defining you? Is God defining you? Is Christ defining you? Or is somebody negative in your life defining you? Or memories from the past, are they defining you? Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's program, you can always listen to it at our website, hardwired.org. You may have been listening to the program for a while or possibly just tuned in. Well, I want you to know that we do this for you. With a world that is searching and coming up empty, it's nice to know you can land on this message of hope and truth, something we all need to hear. So let's jump right in with today's program. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up in today's edition of Hardwired. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, we've been talking about Bible characters that have gone through incredible trials, difficulties, fiery ordeals, and they came out on the other side. Better for it, stronger, their faith increased, all kinds of things God did in the midst of the crucible that made them better and stronger for God than before the trial ever began. And today we're gonna to talk about a Bible character who I love because I can so identify with him, and that is the Apostle Peter. Peter denied the Lord. It was such a hard trial for him. He went and wept bitterly after he had done it. Yet Jesus restored him, and we're gonna look at that restoration and how Peter emerged to be the preacher on the day of Pentecost. So grab your Bible, let's go right to the message. I believe this is gonna bless you, strengthen you and help you in Jesus' name. If you'll turn your Bibles to John chapter one, I wanna finish the series that I called God Never Wastes a Pain. How many of you believe that God never wastes a pain? Well, that's overwhelming. <laughs> Put another way, God makes everything work together for the good. Romans 8:28 says God makes everything work together for the good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. That's everybody. That's every Christian, every believer washed in the blood of the lamb. You're called. It says God makes everything work together for good. Now today I want to talk to you about Simon Peter, one of my favorite Bible characters. I'm so thankful that the Bible tells us the truth about Peter doesn't whitewash, doesn't skew anything, tells us the truth about him. John 1, verse 42, and I'm gonna go from there to Luke 22, verse 31. I'm gonna talk to you today about, about Peter's denial. It says, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas. Say it with me today. I am what I am, but I'm not what I shall be. Because Jesus changes everybody. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Now turn to Luke 22, verse 31. And we're going to see this future rock, this future stone in another scenario completely. Jesus is saying something totally different to him. 
Luke 22, 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, whenever he calls your name twice, you need to buckle your seatbelt. Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Now listen to Peter. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. But Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today before you will deny me three times. You're gonna deny that you even know me. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray you bless it and help us to understand that even in trials, even in hard times, even in things we don't understand, when we're surrounded by perplexity, when we're experiencing disillusionment, even in times like that, you're going to have your way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and it's gonna to serve to work for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them this is gonna be good today. Perk up and listen, you need it. Now I wanna to talk to you about Peter's denial and about his subsequent restoration. How many of you believe that God is a restoring God? He's a restoring God. How many of you can say with me, it's never hopeless as long as God is there? Amen? Now we're gonna see today that with, as with Peter, with Peter as with Hannah and Joseph and David, who we've talked about the last few weeks, Hannah, Joseph, and David, God never wastes even a pain. God doesn't waste a trial. He doesn't waste a valley. He doesn't waste a pain. But all things, all things, that's a lot of things, all things are made to serve him, will work together for our good. Now, when Jesus was beginning to gather his future disciples, he made his first public appearance being baptized by his cousin, John. Seeing Jesus approach the Jordan River to be baptized, John declared what we all have heard so much, so many times quoted, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, one of the very first to hear Jesus speak following this event was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Andrew became convinced that Jesus was the long anticipated Messiah. Deeply moved, he went and found Peter and announced to him, we have found the Messiah. In a classic picture of New Testament witnessing, it says he brought Peter to Jesus and introduced Peter to Jesus. Now I want you to notice in the Bible, Jesus wasted no time in reading Peter's mail. He knows you. He knows everything about you. When Jesus looks at you, he has x-ray eyes. He knows the end from the beginning, what you're gonna think before you think it, what you'll say before you say it, where you're going before you go. And he said, you are Simon, the son of John, but here's what I'm gonna do with you. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Here's what Jesus was saying to him, and he says it to every one of us. You are one thing now, but you shall be. You shall be something very different later. You have your ways, your personality, your habits, your likes, your dislikes now, but when I'm finished with you, you will not be the same. I see who you are now, but I also see clearly who you're going to be. Have you noticed that Jesus' method with every person in the Bible that he called, his method was to define them. Jesus was a defining savior. 
You are Simon Peter. You shall be called Cephas, a rock. Here is what you are, Peter, but here is what I'm going to make you. I'm defining you. Right now, you're kind of unstable, a little impetuous, you're compulsive, you're a little bit immature in some ways. I see you, I know who you are, I've got your number, I can read your mail. But Peter, here's who you're going to be. And he defined him. He defined him by telling him who he was gonna be. Jesus was a master at stirring the hearts of his followers with purpose. And he ignited their purpose by the way he defined them. By the way he defined them. Think with me for a minute. Right now, this moment, someone or something is defining you. You believe about yourself what people or circumstances have led you to believe. You have an opinion of yourself, a view of yourself, convictions about yourself. You have a perception of yourself and that came from somewhere because right now someone or something is defining you. It can be a negative defining. You're no good. You're going nowhere. You have no potential. You have failed too much. Or it can be positive. God's got great things for you. You're more than a conqueror for him that loved you. You're going to realize the destiny and the purposes of God. There is potential all over you. As the child song said, you are a great big bundle of potentiality. But someone or something is defining you. Someone or something today, this moment is defining you. And guess what? That is so important because you're going to act according to the way you have been defined. Now I'm going to give you a key that is crucial to your stepping into the future that God has for you. This is a key. If you're going to step into the future that God has for you, you're going to have to win the battle over who or what defines you. Is the word of God defining you? Is God defining you? Is Christ defining you? Or is somebody negative in your life defining you? Or memories from the past, are they defining you? Do you believe negatively about yourself because of things that have happened in your past and ghosts from the past speak into your mind and they're defining you. You're never gonna become anything. You can't do anything. You're never gonna be anything great or significant or substantive because of what has happened in your past. And those voices define you. If you're gonna go into what God has for you, if you're going to experience your greatest potential in God, if you're gonna fulfill the destiny of God, you're gonna to have to win the battle over who or what defines you. In order to reach for the future, you must believe what God says about you. What does God say about you? He says, you are loved. What does God say about you? You're full of the Holy Spirit. What does God say about you? You've got a purpose and a destiny. You were chosen before the world began. What does God say about you? You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. What does God say about you? You are going to win and not lose. You're the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Blessed in the storehouse, blessed in the field, blessed in your going out, blessed in your coming in. What does God say about you? You're gonna to have to allow God to be the primary definer of who you are. If you don't let God define you, someone or something else is going to define you. God has got to be the definer of your life. It's a powerful thing. You know, when I first started out in the ministry, many, many, many years ago, when I was like 17, 18 years old, God gave me an older couple in my life who were always speaking positive, defining things over me. Even when I didn't believe it, they believed it. 
Jeff, God's going to really use you. God's really got his hand on you. God's got a bright future for you. You're going to preach to thousands of people, Jeff. They would say that to me all the time. When I was down, they would come along with these hugely defining, prophetic, purposeful statements, and they would speak it over me. You know what I noticed? I always wanted to be around them. I always wanted to be around them because we need to be around people who are defining us up and not defining us down, who are defining us toward the purpose of God and not defining us away from it. Let me tell you something, church, that world out there will define you down. They will negate you. They will put you down. They'll bury you six feet under and throw the dirt on top. You can't listen to the world out there. You've got to be defined by God. Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. So I'm very, very careful about who I let around me. A lot of people speak to me, but not very many at all speak into me. I don't let just anybody speak into my life. I only let people speak into my life who are gonna define me up, who are gonna speak over me the purposes of God, the will of God, the destiny of God. Jeff, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are the head and not the tail. You are gonna win and not lose. You are going to fulfill your call. That's the kind of people I'm gonna, I will not waste my time around VDPs, very draining people. In another place, Jesus said to his disciples, watch this, this is so powerful. He said, come after me and be my disciples and I will make you to become fishers of men. The word become, become is taken from a Greek word that means to cause, to come into being. It means far more than teaching the disciples how to fish for men. They would be cause to become something they'd never been before. Fishers of men from the heart, not just good salesmen. To open the shades and let the sun shine in on the word become just a little bit more. The exact same word was used by Satan when he tempted Jesus by saying, command that these stones become bread. Turn these stones, Jesus, into something that they are entirely not, into something entirely different, into something impossible, stones into edible bread. Why did Satan tempt him to do that? Are you ready? Because he knew he could. The same word was used when Paul wrote to the Corinthians about the miracle of being born again. If anyone is in Christ, he said, he becomes, he becomes a new person altogether. The past is finished and gone. Everything has become fresh and new. 
He's literally saying that when God saves somebody, when you become born again, it's as great a miracle as a stone being turned to bread. He takes that hard, stony heart of yours and he turns it into a loving, compassionate, God-touched heart. He changes you from the inside out. I'm not talking about rehabilitation and I'm not talking about a New Year's resolution. Rehabilitation puts a new coat on a man, but being born again puts a new man in the coat. If anyone is in Christ, he has experienced a miracle. He has become something he never was before. It's a heart transplant. I'm so thankful for the power of God to be born again. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again or you will not see the kingdom of God. You must become a child of God by the miracle of the Holy Ghost touching your heart and changing you from the inside out or you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You say, that's a very exclusive message, Pastor Jeff. I'm telling you, it's the only message and it's the true message. Jesus was an exclusive savior and he was a one way savior. There are not 30 different options. We must be saved and become something that we're not. What happens to you when you become born again is as radical as stones being turned to bread as one thing being turned completely into another thing. He was saying this, disciples of mine, right now, you're primarily selfish, self-centered, thinking only of how to scrape out a living by catching your next fish. But when I'm done with you, you're gonna burn to win people to me. You'll go to sleep at night thinking of how to win more souls and you'll get up in the morning excited about doing it. I'm gonna change you from, I'm gonna make you to become fishers of men. So when you go witness to people, you're not doing it because you think you should. You're doing it because you got a case of the can't help it's. Come on, everybody. You know, when God touches you, you get some can't help it's. People say, well, I smoke because I can't help it. I drink because I can't help it. I cuss because I can't help it. Let me tell you some things that'll do if you get saved. You'll praise God because you can't help it. You'll tell other people about the love of God because you can't help it. When you get around spirit-filled people, you lift your hands in the air and worship him with all of your heart because you got a case of the can't help it. You'll thank God. You'll read the Bible. You'll pray. You want to be around him because you can't help it because he's changed you from one thing into another. Give him praise today. Come on, everybody. I'm so glad for the power of God changing me, changing you. And that's why we have the message we have. Now, apart from the words of Jesus, watch this. Apart from the words of Jesus who said, I will make you to become, Peter is unexplainable. Read about Peter and he's unexplainable. He is, as somebody said, an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Apart from the words, I will make you, Simon Peter, to become, because his life is a miracle of transformation. This obscure, unknown Jewish fisherman summoned by Christ in his middle-aged years, has gone down in history as one of the most influential human beings of all time. A quick biographical sweep of his life would go something like this. Plucked from obscurity to follow Jesus from town to town for three years, Peter became one of Christ's inner three. He was present when our Lord met with Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was the only disciple to ask Christ to bid him walk on the water. Forget the fact that he started to sink. The man walked on water. Peter was with John when the two 
peered wide-eyed into the empty tomb of Christ on the first Easter morning. Then years following Christ's resurrection from the dead, he penned the letters we now know as first and second Peter. Have you read them lately? Have you looked at them lately? They are the proclamations of a theological and intellectual giant. If you try to connect the dots from fisherman to mighty fisher of men, from blue collar worker to water walker, domesticated husband to pillar of the church, and finally a loose lip braggart to a brilliant epistle writer, you'll lose the trail every time. He cannot be explained apart from the one who said, I will make you to become. I look at him, I read him, I read those letters, first and second Peter, and I think, he was just a salty, crusty, blue-collar fisherman in his middle years when he heard the words from Jesus, hey, you, follow me, and I'm going to make you to become. It's a mind blower. But as you follow Peter's life, you come to a dark spot in his journey with Christ, a moment of stumbling that could have wiped him out, taken him off the map, taken him out of the race. It's a blight on his resume, that's for sure. Jesus saw it coming and said something very revealing to Peter. I want you to hear these words today. Simon, Simon, uh-huh, I have news for you. Satan has asked to have you. Huh? Say what? I'm the one that's got the keys of the kingdom. You just bragged on me a little while ago. I've walked on water. Satan has desired to have you. Here's what he wants to do with you, Peter. He wants to sift you like wheat. Now, you can't hear those words without hearkening back to Job, first chapter of Job, when we see that when the sons of God, that is the angels of God, were going before God, Satan came in among them, approached God and said, have you considered Job? And he began to accuse Job and attack Job. And he asked permission to attack Job. That's Old Testament. Here's New Testament. Simon, I'm God in flesh. I know what's going on in the spirit arena. And I'm telling you, Satan has gone to God and he has asked to have you. He's asked to sift you. Now this is heavy stuff. You go, wait a minute. I don't understand this. What do you mean he's asked to sift me like wheat? And Jesus said, but here's the deal. I prayed for you. I have pleaded in prayer for you. The living Bible says that you, that your faith should not completely fail, that your faith should not completely fail. Now, first, I want you to understand something today, church. Jesus fully knew of Satan's plan of attack against Peter, and he knows everything that Satan tries to do against you. Can I tell you the truth about the devil today? Because I want you to know that God is in charge of everything in your life. But Satan wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to rob you blind. He wants to leave you an empty void. He wants to steal your dreams, steal your hope, steal your faith steal the light in your eyes, the skip in your step, the smile on your face. He wants your joy. He wants everything God has given you. He wants to take it away. He has asked for you. He has desired to sift you like we. Sift means to shake in a sieve. It meant inward agitation to try one's faith to the verge of overthrow. Jesus was telling Simon Peter, you're going to have a trial so strong, Peter, that your faith is going to be sorely, sorely tried. It's going to be shaken to the core. Now, I got to ask myself, Jesus was in charge of all things. Why in the world did Jesus not say when Satan went and asked for Peter, no, no, you can't touch him. Got to ask this. You can't touch him. No, no, I'm not going to let you have him. 
He didn't do that. He just said, you know what, Peter, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. I'm really lifting you up, Peter, because he is going to sift you, Peter. Now we like messages that say, well, he can't get at you. If you just say the right thing, do the right thing. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. Sometimes we go through a sifting that we do not understand that shakes our faith and rattles us to the core of our being. There's a whole lot of shaking going on when your faith is tried like Peter's was. Why did God allow it to happen? Why didn't Jesus bind Satan from sifting Peter's faith? Why didn't he just bind the devil? There's only one answer. There was something in the sifting Peter needed. Thanks for tuning in today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 877-884-3111. You can also connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. It's no secret that our country has had some extreme challenges over the last year or two. People have been going through depression, isolation, emotional pains, disillusionment, and more and are looking for something to grab a hold of for security. Well, the answer is not in something, it's someone, Jesus Christ. And that's what this program is all about. So here's how you can help us get this message out. Being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. And we believe that these messages with Pastor Jeff are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. 877-884-3111 or go to hardwired.org. Thank you for your very generous gifts. God bless and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.